Hello, welcome to the first uh, real podcast um, in our series. Uh, our previous podcast was an intro into the series about Bible characters that we're doing this summer. Um, I am here with Hallie and Trenton again, um, and this week we're talking about Joseph. Isn't that right, Hallie? Yes. This week, uh, our first week off is all about um, is all about Joseph, and there's a few different Josephs in our biblical text. This one is about Joseph, the uh, husband of Mary, and adoptive father, stepfather, I don't know, uh, of Jesus. Uh, so Joseph starts us off in the Gospel of Matthew in our Christmas story. Um, as we as we get into this, though, there's a few things that we're going to be mentioning as we talk about all of our Bible people, which are just some important things about how we understand Scripture, how we understand um, our call to read our biblical text and study it and come to understand it. Every time we do that... Um, you know, we understand the Bible as a, a living document, um, something that changes with our hearing of it in each time and place. Uh, we don't think it's a literal word. We think it's an inspired word. Um, and so we use all the resources available to us um, in our understanding. So Joseph starts off in the Gospel of Matthew. We see him in Luke 2. Um, as, you, as you know, we've got two accounts of the Christmas story, just in Matthew and in Luke. Joseph takes a center role in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. And so this is the Gospel that has all of those names in that first chapter. If you've ever tried to read and become frustrated, just skip through most of those. Um, all of the names are there. And then we we hear of this man named Joseph who is engaged to a young woman named Mary. And they are uh, not yet living together. We know what that means. <clears throat> uh, and yet she is found to be pregnant. Now, we don't know how that part of the story happens. It's always one of my great wonderings is how they come to know that and what that conversation with Joseph is like. But when he learns of this, he makes a plan, and his plan is to dismiss her quietly. The text says, Being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, he planned to dismiss her quietly. But before he could do that, an angel of God appears and tells him to not be afraid to take Mary as his wife, for the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that he will be the one named Emmanuel, God with us. And after hearing this message from the angel, Joseph does what he's instructed, takes Mary as his wife. She has her child, and he names that child Jesus. So what do we need to know about this story, Trenton? Well, I think that there's some important places that put this in history. This story is written in a world and in a time where Rome, the Roman Empire, was in control of the area. The Jews, which were what Joseph and Mary were, were chafing under their rule. The Jews were a very independent and proud people. They hated being oppressed by Roman rule. They hated it. All the Jewish poetry at the time talks about it. There was an uprising right around the time of Jesus' life that ended poorly and led to the reconquering of Israel, of the Jewish state. I think also important here is that Matthew is a, is a different book. The reason it starts with all these names and the reason it goes all the way back through Old Testament history is not just to frustrate people in 2019, mm-hmm. although it certainly works to do that. Uh, it's, it's really there to set Jesus as the new Moses. It's saying to the Jews, here is your new Savior, here is your new Deliverer, because Exodus, you'll remember, is a story of the Jews leaving Egypt. Matthew is setting up, uh, the Gospel of Matthew is setting up uh, Jesus to be the Moses to lead the Jews out of the Roman Empire. That's what they are looking for. Right. So one of the ways we always 
uh, interpret text is making sure we understand who's writing it, but more importantly, who it's being written for, who the audience is. And that was the Jews looking for salvation and deliverance. That's the important thing to remember as you read this. So part of Matthew's genealogy and then these snippets of, um, of Old Testament texts or prophetic texts that weave their way through the beginning part of Matthew are telling this audience um, yes, the Messiah that you have waited for has come, and that is the person of Jesus, um, which also tells us a little bit about Joseph, because Joseph, being a devout Jew, would have known those prophecy and would have been looking forward to that day of deliverance. And so when an angel tells him this news, I don't know, I might not have received it as willingly, but he's heard it before. Mm-hmm. It's not a foreign thing. It's not completely out of the box. Well, I think most of you that are listening to this are village people. And if you're not, please come see us. We'd love to have you. Uh, we're fun. Uh, but you've heard Tom talk about God's promised day. Mm. To the Jews, the day of the virgin birth was God's promised day. Mm. They weren't looking at Revelation. They weren't looking at, at a tribulation. They weren't looking at Left Behind or any of that other stuff. They were mm-hmm. looking for the birth of the Savior. Mm-hmm. So when they closed yeah. their sermons and they, their services and they closed their times at temple, this was God's promised day. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that context. We all know those stories so well in our lives of, of the coming re- return to, to God and to Christ and, and union in heaven, the new heaven, the new earth. That's our promised day for them. Jesus is the personification of that. Mm. And so that's why Joseph just went with it because he knew this story and he trusted Mary. And I think that, that there is a question there of Joseph's motivation early mm. in the, in this, in the text, because first he's going to leave her quietly. And yeah, so this is always the, the challenge, right? To, to understand our text in the context that it's in of the time and the place and the culture, but also to, try to figure out what it's speaking to us today. We believe that these things are are living, so they're still talking to us. Um, And part of my wrestling with Joseph is that I struggle with this, really. The text saying that Joseph was going to dismiss Mary quietly is troubling to hear here and now, uh, because we know that it is still the case that women are dismissed quietly. And rarely is that for the... um, the comfort and the preservation of the woman, more often than not, it is for the preservation of the man that's doing the dismissing. Um, so there's some danger here in allowing this text to touch us too close to today without without keeping in mind and kind of wrestling with its own its own time and place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that Joseph, you know, Joseph and, and the whole Bible, the, the argument that people have had for centuries, I mean, Hallie and I have had this argument of the original sin of pride. It's interesting that the New Testament, the first, the very first sin, the very first problem that we have in the New Testament after 400 years of silence between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New, is someone has a little bit of pride and doesn't want to get saddled with a pregnant wife because in his time and in his place, there was nothing more humiliating than being cheated on. I mean, it's still not great today, let's be honest. You know, Joseph's initial reaction is, okay, I'm just going to cut and run. And I think it's worth noting that, but also noting that he was a religious man who immediately, who knew the prophecy, who knew the, who knew the text. And I think that an interesting question here is what does it mean to actually be God-like? Mm. Not that we are like gods, but is it to know the story mm. and to take the, take the wife, even when you, when you realize that it's, that it's what God's promised yeah. or our initial reaction, which I'm guilty of sometimes of just trying to not wait and see what it is. Yeah. yeah so I think um, 
part of the redeeming of Joseph for me, where I've where I come out on this um, in my wrestling is that he he initially made this choice, right? Like, okay, based on where we're at, and based on now that my fiance is pregnant, I'm going to dismiss her. I'm going to do it quietly because I'm not a total a hole. Um, but I'm going to be dismissing her, and then very quickly. But right, it says right as he resolved to do this, an angel comes in and makes sure that that's not the case. But then he he listens to the angel. He trusts the prophecy. He takes Mary as his wife. He trusts Mary in this. But the community around them would not have known those things, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he is still dealing with the potential wrath of a community and shame on her and shame on him in this. And he and he does that anyway. So that this question of um, what is right and what is righteous and what do you do if they're not the same, I think for me this uh, this distinction has become more real uh, as we've gone. We have a relationship with some folks on the U.S.-Mexico border, the Arizona-Mexico border, and you know the last time we were there last fall, um, our our military had just arrived. You know, we, we know good and well what our immigration laws are, and um, I'm not interested in debating immigration policy. And yet, when we're there and we are sitting and having meals with people who have been recently deported, uh, with people that are attempting to cross the border, with people that have, have really tried everything that they know and are desperate, and in their desperation are, are trying to get across, which is the breaking of a law, and yet... Caring for them, our role in caring for them and hearing about them and, and feeding them, it begs the discussion of what is right here and what is righteous. The loss is one thing, and yet uh, when you see the humans in front of you that are going through these things, righteousness looks far different than what our laws look right now. Uh, and how do we how do we grapple with that? Joseph's problem is is still our problem, and we're trying to work that out. And we don't have angels directing us in this, so Joseph has got... A little extra help in it. Yeah, so this week in our small groups, we're going to be talking about uh, Joseph, and we will continue talking about other uh, Bible characters as we uh, go on this summer. And Hallie, where can you find the young adults on the internets? <laughs> uh, we are online. Our website is villageprezya.org, villageprezya.org. Yeah. And you can go there and click on small groups, and you will find um, all of our lessons for every week and ways to sign up if you're not part of a small group yet. We would love to have you.